once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. again to or welcome back to a discovery of witches demons and vampires the podcast a weekly podcast during uh the seasons that the show is running uh where we talk about each episode of the series discovery of witches uh found on various channels including in the united states shutter amc and sundance uh, also, it's uh, available in Britain, uh, where I believe it's dumped all at once, and so they can binge it. But in, uh, here in North America, at least, uh, in the United States, it is being released one episode at a time. Um, the series is uh, written by the author of the books, uh, or I should say it's based off of her books, uh, Deborah Harkness, and uh, the show is um, basically a, let's see, I'm trying to find other information, but we'll get into that when we, we start talking about it. But uh, before we begin, uh, let's introduce who we are. So I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, uh, welcome back. Uh, it's, been, it's been since March of 2021 was the last time we recorded this. So it's been I've been looking forward to this ever since. <laughs> and in the state of Missouri. Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, welcome back as well. Uh, it's been a while. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back here as well. I mean, I did a couple uh, dark discussions episodes <laughs> in a couple psychotronic boutique, but I'm happy to be back here. Yep, yep. So uh, for the folks who are are familiar with uh, this podcast uh we me kevin and barrett do other podcasts on the dark discussions news network and we'll explain all that in a moment as well but before we do uh we do have a new co-host who is going to join us uh with a different perspective had no idea much about the show at all and he's also from a foreign country than the country that me kevin and barrett are from and uh the man is uh, sean fox from Alberta, Canada. Am I right? Welcome. Uh, uh, say hello. Hello, everyone. John, welcome, and uh, glad you're able to join us. Thank you very much. All right. Welcome, our Canadian friend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, some house cleaning first. Uh, so for, what is the Dark Discussions News Network? It's uh, www.darkdiscussions.com, which is a, a website that uh, has news articles, podcasts, 
uh, release notices, videos and such. Basically, uh, if you follow pop culture and genre, uh, it's a website that you probably want to check out daily. Uh, we also have been around for 10 and a half years, actually uh, 11 years and a couple of months from now. Uh, and uh, basically, there's a number of podcasts, including a Doc Discussions podcast, which is the original, and then uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, and then a number of other uh, smaller TV show podcasts like this one here, even though uh, this one was actually our highest rated show when we were recording it um, back earlier in 2021. And then, of course, we have a few other podcasts from uh, other co-hosts that um, have their own shows as well. Um, so uh, a couple of things about uh, this podcast here. First off, uh, we're welcoming back some of our listeners, hopefully. Uh, Debbie the Desma, uh, Kai, uh, Lila. Colmos, Colmos, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, and among many others, um, uh, Debbie and Lila for sure were uh, constant listeners, especially because we knew they existed because they actually emailed us weekly and we read their emails weekly on the podcast. So if you want to join us, you can too, and we will read your emails on the podcast. You can email us two ways, at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Or you could email us through darkdiscussions.com and just press contact us in the link and uh, right up in the menu and it'll open up a box and you can type in uh, your email right there and press the send button. Uh, so uh, hope uh, everybody is well during these uh, trying times. Um, I'm actually in the middle of COVID myself. I've uh, had it. Uh, two days ago, I got it, and my daughter got it five days before that, and then my other daughter got it the same day I did. And uh, so yesterday I was all bedridden, but today I fought it and uh, am recording now. So hopefully by Wednesday, uh, when the CDC, uh, which is the uh, the U.S. Disease Center, uh, states I can actually not quarantine anymore, I just will have to wear a mask in public, which I do anyway, uh, except at restaurants and at the various uh, exercise machines at the gym. So I just won't be going to the gym or the restaurants for five days, but I can go anywhere else. Uh, today, for folks who are curious, is January 9th, 2022. The first episode of season three of The Discovery of Witches came out on January 8th, 2022. And uh, so we're recording the very next day. Um, a couple of things that were left off when we were recording back in the day. Uh, we did reach out to Deborah Harkness, the author of the novels, and uh, trying to get her to come on the show. Uh, and we did get a response from her uh, publicist or her secretary. Uh, I'm not quite sure which, um, but uh, I'm trying to find it here now to, and uh, read that email. And uh, I had it up, but I closed it because I wanted to make sure we got our uh, emailers' uh, names correct. Um, so here, here it is, uh, Jill Ho, assistant to Deborah Harkness, or Jill Hugh, H-O-U-G-H. Uh, she goes, thanks for your note. It's great to learn of a podcast. Uh, you're the only... A Discovery of Witches podcast that I know that's hosted entirely by men. 
and I have subscribed to the show. You asked about the best way to register your interest in interviewing Deborah and all you need to do to let me know. So you've done that. Unfortunately, Deb is not able to sit down for an interview right now. And again, this was back in March of 2021. She's teaching full-time, serving as executive producer for the TV show in the third season in post-production. And she's working on books five and six. So we're holding all interview requests until her schedule permits. Uh, so I'm sure people are, are happy about that, uh, about five and six. Um, it sounds like you're following her on her social feeds, especially Facebook and Instagram, which is a good way to stay in the loop. And uh, you can also subscribe to her monthly newsletter, which can be found at uh, the DeborahHockness.com website. I've put your note into a file for outstanding interview requests. And when her schedule opens up a bit, I'll pass that file on to Deb's publicist. Best wishes. So uh, we will uh, probably reach out again to her this um, season and see if she'll join us, uh, assuming her schedule is not busy and if she would just like to or not. Um, we also got some hate mail, uh, <laughs> after our episode was, or I should say our season was ended, uh, and they were, uh, uh quite upset. Uh, I don't have the person's name. I deleted that email, so I, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, I'll mention some of the things they said. They said that we were doing this podcast show specifically just to get listeners, um, uh, for our other podcasts on the network. Um, Untrue. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll explain why we, we started to do this series anyway. Um, also, they said that we didn't know what we were talking about because, again, they read the books, so they knew things in advance and said some of our stuff were completely wrong and, and you, you know, you should read the books. And I think we've all stated uh, prior to doing each episode of the podcast, which we will state right now, uh, we are all um, folks who have not read the books. We are just watching the show, similar to a lot of folks that did Game of Thrones or or any of these other shows that are based on books. A lot of people don't necessarily read the books. They watch the shows. And we went in without reading the books. And that is not to say that I will never read the books. I may read the books. But for this, I wanted to stay completely blind and see the show without that influence. And that's fair. Uh, now, uh, think about it. I mean, we are doing the show. We are not doing the books. We are doing the show. Right. Kind of like, exactly. like when we did, uh, what was it? Uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. I was the only one who read the books. A book. Sorry, a book. But the thing is, is that this was all about the show. No, not about the book. So we are sorry if we upset you about it, but please understand we are covering the show, not the book. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. So we know what the show tells us, not what the book tells us. <laughs> right. And and to be honest, uh, it was kind of interesting that um, we all went in not reading the books because we're trying to make predictions about what characters are going to do what and and so forth. And sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. And that's kind of interesting versus, say, in The Stand, where me and Barrett did The Stand podcast <laughs> earlier in 2021, we read the books. So when things weren't happening and they changed things from the books, we were, like, horrified. So um, sometimes it's it's good to to go in blind without reading the source material and then going back to read the source material later. 
So. Exactly, because the showrunners make changes that they have to make to make it a show. Some of those are good. Some of them are bad. So if you're comparing to the books all the time, it kind of does a disservice to the show in some ways, unless your whole purpose is to compare the two. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I read the the Godfather by Mario Puzo after I saw the movies, you know, so it's, 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 it's not, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, we're, we're sorry that, uh, uh, this listener felt that way. Not, we're not sure if it was a male or a female. Um, but, it, but either way they, they were kind of rude, but it is what it is. So I was polite back though. When I responded, I wrote back on April 30th of 2021. So a, a month after, we finished recording our season two uh, episodes of this podcast. And I wrote, thank you for taking the time to comment on the podcast, a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires. Take care and be safe during these trying times as we all live through the COVID pandemic. So that was my response. Uh, it was only a couple of months uh, since my father passed away from COVID. And as of right now, uh, my whole entire family is on quarantine right now as we all have COVID, except my wife, who I won't be surprised if she gets it shortly too. Um, Explain and- why we just decided to do this podcast too, Phil, because I think that's the most egregious thing that they said, that we would be doing this for clicks. I mean, that's yeah. not why we're doing it. None of us get paid. We do yeah. You know, we're watching it for enjoyment and talking about it for enjoyment. Well, I'll tell you how we found out the show and whatnot. So basically, um, we've done various podcasts in the past based off of shows as well. Uh, so, you know, we did the, uh, some of the folks on this podcast here or in other podcasts um, have done shows on Game of Thrones called uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, we do have a running podcast on hiatus right now for Westworld, uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Um, we did a podcast on The Stand uh, from Paramount Plus, uh, and that was called uh, you, uh, Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, The Stand podcast. Uh, we did the... the um, the what's the one about the the nevers uh what's the name oh yeah that's the name of it the nevers no no but what was the podcast name it was uh the woman's the woman corsets and corsets and uh bodices yeah bodices the nevers podcast and then we did the lovecraft country which was uh uh a travel guide to lovecraft country um a podcast on the lovecraft country television show on hbo so we, we've done a num- number of them and we were considering doing foundations we were considering doing ozark we we're considering to do the she hulk uh coming up uh later in 2022 uh we were going to do uh the one with kate winslet what was that one called barrett that oh, town God. of eastwick or something or mayor uh, of east town the mayor of East Town, yeah. So we we were, and that's a thriller. So it's not even genre. Uh, well, we did uh, the Nicole Kidman one. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? The Undoing. The Undoing. Uh, yep. Yeah, but I forget the name of the podcast. That was our highest grossing podcast until this one, actually. Um, but it was based off of the Undoing. Uh, so we we've done a number of podcasts uh, on television shows, anyway, and we always like to pick uh certain genres so for example um in the the dark discussions news network and uh the undoing podcast was called the undoing a therapy session podcast so uh basically what it is is we look for 
first of all, what is Dark Discussions? Uh, Dark Discussions is a, a news network that talks about horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, foreign films, uh, cult films, drive-in films, and the like. We basically try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence, and that includes uh, uh, theme months. Uh, Vera, what do we usually do in June, I think it is, uh, for the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast? We do LGBTQ month, and we watch LGBTQ movies and review That's them. Right. Exactly. Uh, specifically, uh, the last three years, it's been um lesbian art house films and i think we're going to probably stick with those uh going forward uh there's a whole batch of them uh on the list to do um so and we, we do all sorts of stuff but the reason we did this podcast here is because we had finished the undoing and that was the last one in lovecraft country and so we were looking to do another tv show so we were searching around looking for shows and um I'm a fan. I'm sorry. Can I interject? Uh, We were we were doing Lovecraft Country, and that's when you actually we were in the middle of Lovecraft Country when you said, "Hey, you know, there's this new one with Teresa Palmer." I'm like, "Who's that?" But it's it's called uh, Discovery Witches, and I remember watching that during Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country, and I'm thinking, "This is fantastic. This is and." I just and you said, oh yeah, we're thinking about doing a, you know, doing a podcast on it. You know, just at least at least for the, the first season. It's like, yes, please, let's do that. Because part of it was, I really was not happy with Lovecraft Country. I don't think any of us were, and so this was a breath of fresh air. But also, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the reason I found out about the show was because I'm a fan of uh, Teresa Palmer. She's like one of my favorite actresses. Uh, I've seen her in films like Lights Out uh warm bodies uh the brilliant syndrome and um you know she's uh also attractive and, and so is a, an actress that i you know, have a minor crush on as well so i always look out to see what she's doing and i saw that she had this television show and i was like oh this is pretty cool uh so we went in blind to watch this show yeah, and I had I had seen previews for it, and I had had just gotten rid of cable, so I didn't get to see it, and I wanted to see it anyway, so I was happy to do it as well. Right, and also um, Barrett, Barrett uh, usually jumps in anytime I offer him uh, an opportunity to do a, a podcast, and so he jumped in with no issue. And then I knew Kevin would like the show, uh, even if some people would say the show is is focused more for women i knew kevin would like it because he's really into steampunk and victorian era type stuff and as season two showed us it's very victorian or or pre-victorian so Uh, um, i knew i knew this would be in your wheel house as well um and then sean uh we just invited him on uh this 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 year because sean's a good guy and he's he's been uh you, you very uh uh I guess, um, welcoming on uh, the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews as uh, one of the, the rotating co-hosts over there. So um, so that's the reason we're doing it, not because we were looking specifically for a way to uh, promote our other podcasts. So that's now we the- do this for fun. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. For folks- this, is all- Here, go this is all fun. I mean, this is... You know, I mean, if you want to listen to other stuff, great. If you want to listen to this, thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you give it a shot, you listen to a podcast, I do it all the time. And if it's not a podcast I enjoyed, um, I'll usually give it one more chance or two more chances. And then it's like, yeah, yeah and I'll just move on to another podcast. And that's all you got to do. Um, it's not a big deal. Uh, we don't, as uh, Barrett said, we're not making any money off this. Uh, the only way we make any money, which is we're not making money, is if people decide to donate to the news network, which there's a Patreon button uh, on uh, the website that will send you to there. And for every $5 that you uh, donate per month, you get to choose uh, a movie for every $5 for us to possibly do as an episode of the Dark Discussions uh, podcast. Um, but um, yeah, we're, we're in the red. Uh, we, we are basically paying server fees and all these other things, uh, specifically me. And so it's not like uh, we're making any money at all. Um, all right. So uh, that clears up that. So um, I guess we can uh, discuss a little bit about this podcast itself uh, and then get into season three. Um, so what we did was uh, season one, we just did one giant episode because uh, the season had already been out for a while and we were late to the show. And then season two, when that came out, we started doing a weekly episode after that. So uh, I think we have maybe 11 or 12 episodes of this podcast, not including the ones that we're recording now and in the upcoming weeks. Um, anything else that anybody wanted to add about the podcast? I guess not. So um, I guess we can start talking about um, some other stuff. I mean, we were we would have post done a, a prequel, a preview episode of the podcast, um, but um, we didn't even know a Discovery of Witches was was coming out this soon. Um, we th I, I thought it was going to be like February or something, and and so we weren't prepped. So once it said, oh, it's coming out this week, let's get on board and just start recording. So that's why we didn't do that. Um, all right, so we can talk about uh, a little bit about um, the show itself and the prior seasons and then talk about some changes this season. Um, I guess the first thing we'll do is uh, I was talking to you, Sean, offline a couple of days ago, or maybe it was even yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday about Baldwin. Uh, the character has been recast. And you said you yeah. read something about it? Yeah, I'd read something about uh, he had scheduling conflicts with something else he was shooting. So they ended up having to replace him. So the, the guy who played Baldwin for the first two seasons has been replaced for season three. So it is a little bit after because I just watched all the first or the first two seasons, like in, within the last week or so. So everything's pretty uh, it's recent for me. So it's a little bit different seeing the replacement actor. Nothing against him. It's just you know it's tough to come in and <laughs> jarring right yeah, yeah it's, it's a little jarring i was like that's not the same guy i was like who who who's this guy and i had yeah. to stop and rewind hold on, hold on. is this this supposed to be bothered that what did he lose weight or something did you say that yeah. he wasn't he I, I read that he wasn't uh able to make this because of the lord of the rings right is that what you just it, yeah i think that's what it's, they didn't i didn't see what in the one article i didn't see what the, he was specifically filming but it was saying that there was just conflicts with filming something yeah he's going to be in lord of the rings that's why yeah so yep. then that explains it <laughs> yeah right yeah so um yeah i was talking to, to sean and barrett offline uh independently not as a group um about i think you brought it up sean um 
Lord of the Rings, and what was the other series you said asked if we were going to do an episode? Oh, the, the House Game of the Dragons. Of, yeah, the Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, so so look for those podcasts as well, um, as as well as She Hulk, um, and yeah, so the the actor Tristan uh, Gravel has been replaced with Peter McDonald. Uh, now, the turn of events of Baldwin since season one to now. Um, Tristan Gravel seems like such a, a nice guy as an actor that it was hard to see him turning <laughs> villainous. So this new guy, I'll say, um, you can see is probably one of those guys that gets typecast to play the villain. <laughs> and uh, he's he looks more like a villain and acts more like a villain. So it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, he's got a harder edge on him, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I remember that uh, Gravel in season one, he was such a nice guy, and then he started changing in season two, and it was like, I don't know, it feels a little out of character. And then in this season, he's just at least the first episode, he's just a dink. And so uh, the actor that plays him kind of, you know, is one of those actors that I could see playing uh, mobsters or whatever, uh, or rich scumbags and stuff so uh n- nothing against him as an actor but but he's uh he appears he's that he's doing can, his job right yeah he, he could play those he could be the sweetest guy of all you know give lollipops to to his grandkids i mean it's not his grandkids his own children or whatever so yeah yeah he's uh it is interesting um so yeah let's uh let's uh get into uh the show uh and so we're going to talk about Episode 19, which is episode one of season one. Um, unlike a lot of shows, uh, this show does not name their episodes. So this season, it appears, is only going to have seven episodes. Um, so the show will not be spoiler free because to talk about the episode, you have to spoil it. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And we're figuring anybody who's listened to this podcast is a fan of the show and not just coming yep. in, uh, having not listened to um, or watched the show, I should say. So we're assuming uh, everybody has watched the show, so we don't even throw up a spoiler. Um, obviously, the two main leads are Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good. Um, they're pretty big internationally. Matthew Good is huge because of Downtown Abbey, among other films. And, and like Stoker, he's done, and uh, uh what was it? Watchmen, thank you. I was about to ask that. And then uh, Teresa Palmer has been uh, an actress that's been um, gets a, a number of leading roles a, a lot and has even done so in Hollywood. Um, all right, so uh, where do we want to begin? Uh, we, what, what do we want to talk about? Uh, I guess we can just wrap up last season, which is um, Diana Bishop's. Um, aunt or one of her aunts uh, has been murdered by uh, Peter Knox played by Owen Teal uh, known as Alistair Thorne from Game of Thrones um, and they are re- they have returned from uh, what era was that Kevin 1600s 1500s I forget 1590 was it or 1590 like so the yeah. Elizabethan era it was Elizabethan era yeah yeah yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, so, all right. So, uh, what do we want to begin? How do we want to talk? Who wants to begin? Well, I mean, it, it starts 
uh, essentially when, I mean, it kind of, there really isn't much of a time lapse between the end of season two and the start of season three. And what usually what, what happens is, is, I mean, uh, I just forgot their names. Um, sorry, I, I, I forgot their names already. Uh, Matthew and De- Diana, you know, they just came back from Elizabethan era to present day to find that uh, one of Teresa's aunts is dead or about to die because he was killed by um, Knox. She was killed by Knox. It's just like, oh, so they're kind of like, hey, we're home. Anything happened while we were gone? Oh, and Real sad. <laughs> very sad. I mean, it, I mean, the whole thing starts with very melancholy music. You know, it, that's just that's just how it starts with just very sad music. And uh, so they're trying to figure out what happened and uh, all that sort of thing. And trying to remember the lyrics. Wasn't it like gone forever or something like that in there? I don't remember exactly. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> yeah, it was the song was definitely very sad. Yeah, they usually do uh, cover songs of popular songs. At least they've yeah. done that in prior seasons. So that that is always interesting. Uh, but here, yeah, it seems like um, none of us were able to identify this song at this time. So, yeah, so you were saying there, uh, Kevin, uh, anything you wanted to further add about that? No. Uh, no, no. I'm, uh, right. I, it's, I, I, I just, that's just how it starts. And it, uh, and of course, every, they're 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 essentially recap. Uh, they're they're talking with each other and recapping what happened at the end of, of the the last season. You know, I mean the the uh, I have terrible memory for names. Uh, the character uh, Marcus. You know, he's he's being checked. You know, because he also got uh, hit pretty bad by Knox, and so they're making sure he's healthy. And of course, now they're really, they're, they're, you know, of course, Matthew comes back. He's just like, Hey, I'm married and you know, all that. And then, you know, Oh yeah, she's pregnant. And Oh, she's that woman's dead. You know? And then pregnant with uh, twins. <laughs> yeah. Well, then not only the twins, but then you also get the, okay, my, you know, my wife's aunt just got killed or my wife's, my wife's aunt just got killed by Peter Knox and on, on, and Matthew or, um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Matthew is saying it was also on my land. You know, this man, this man was attacked on my land under my protection. So he, right. he's pretty angry about that. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing about, about the whole thing that it, with this is that Baldwin, uh, so Marcus is the vampire's son and lab assistant to um, Matthew back in season one. He was the lab assistant when they were working on the university. Um, so he's sired by Matthew. And Baldwin is the brother and, quote unquote, I guess the head of the the um, the, Claremont I guess the Claremont family. family. Yeah. So he seems more indifferent about certain things that occurred because even though it's on his family's property or land in France, he's kind of 
uh, uncaring because it's witches and he doesn't care about witches. He just cares. Well, about that's the thing. Witches. Aren't they violating the law by having the witches even on their land? Yeah, that was a big I deal mean, there, in the last season. Yeah, there's there's this thing about they all have to be separated from each other. Witches cannot, you know, cohabitate with, you know, like, like one species can't cohabitate with another species. And I mean, and the mere thought that they would actually like get married and have kids with each other. Uh, that is, you know, that's, and you see, and he's talking about how. You know how that's just awful. Baldwin is just saying, "Oh, that's you know, father would never approve of that." And then Matthew says, "Father was at the wedding. Father gave gave my my wife a blood oath. He she is now she is now a member officially a member of the family." You know, and it's it's obvious that Baldwin can't handle it, and he's having a rough time, and he doesn't. I think he does not like change. He does not like how things change. It's like, this is how it's always been. This is how it should be. And I don't want to think about it becoming anything else. Yeah, he's a to, traditional. To be, yeah. To be fair, though, I would say that he didn't get to see all the stuff that went down that we saw with Philippe. Yeah. So it's, 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 he is going on what he was taught. Right. And he didn't get a chance to see the change in Philippe and see how Philippe changed and then how his mother changed or the mother changed too, right? What but I find about that, that's strange though, because that makes it a paradox. It because does. Them yeah. having gone back and talked to Felice and Philippe and had all this happen, wouldn't that have changed him in the future? Does it create a new timeline or just yeah. like. Right. Yeah, we talked about. We talked about a lot about that last season on some of our episodes, um, and we came to no conclusion. Um, <laughs> but I guess the best conclusion, based off of what you guys are just saying here, is they return to the same timeline that they, they originally left from. Came, yeah. th- right, right. So, so if there's thousands of different timelines of existence um, and we've seen that in a lot of TV shows like Rick and Morty and and other shows like that, where there's thousands of, of the same people in hundreds of different timelines, because, you know, if, if you had taken a left at the road instead of a right, you would have met different people, you know, and what's the line to say one, decision that you make will change uh the life that you live so if they went back to the exact same timeline then i guess that would take away the paradox problem though we do have other uh movies and shows that have timelines where if you do something in the past it changes everything in the future as we've seen in you know such movies as back to the future so it, it really, also could be that Philippe didn't show that to him. He just right. showed him the same side of him, and that's all he knew of Philippe. Philippe, you know, had many facets, but that's just the ones that you got to see and was shown. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, we 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 live in a uh, a uh, uh, a TV universe, so we're playing by their rules, right? Yeah. And and the timeline thing. Uh, appears to not be a problem in this universe. Yep. 
Um, now, uh, let's let's uh, talk about Baldwin and and such. So, technically, we could argue that Baldwin is not a villain, even though he's he's acting like it because you, everybody is right here, which is he has a certain tradition he's following. He's mm-hmm. following rules that shouldn't be changed unless all parties agree to it, not just some you know handful of people that say, all right, we're, we're uh, going to stop marrying and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Also, um, he uh, obviously is just looking at protecting his own family, which is very important. And after you know you go to war with Japan and Germany and for for years it's going to be kind of hard for you the very next year to say we're friends with Japan and Germany now what do you mean you know so when you have witches and demons who are considered quote unquote enemies if not sworn enemies they're like a cold war then just to suddenly change without any um discussions and talk can be a little um off-putting for a sense so yeah maybe he's not a villain well that and he's also part of the council which means he has to follow the rules because we've seen him almost get killed because the rules were being broken right that's true that's true he has a good reason not to want (laughs) to wake waves because they almost killed him last time i don't understand the difference though why he could have been executed but what we learn later when they remove Knox, he's just removed. He's not, there's no fear of that, him being killed. I, I, my guess for that was that Baldwin, to me, he seems like he's a, uh, you know, kind of a tactician, right. And uh, d- d- diplomat in a way, right. Where he's trying to keep all those different sides happy. And he's trying to like, if he, maybe if he orders Knox death, then you're going to have reprisals. So he's trying to, do this as cleanly as possible in a really, really messy situation. Yeah. And, yeah. and also he's not, he's not Knox, you know, Knox. Um, and I'm just going to throw out my favorite word. He, he's, he's a sociopath. He's evil. So he, his purpose is just to eliminate all enemies. And even if he has to do it, quote unquote, legally through their laws he'll do it so when baldwin there was an opportunity to have him killed legally let's do it but baldwin has never shown psycho psychopathic tendencies so why would he want knox executed you know i mean i mean there's a chance it could be legit you know you know if anything it should have been other witches that should have put their hand up and say, well, he, he killed one of us, so we want him executed. But as we look at the council, it appears most of the witches on the council were allies to him anyway, right? Right, so, and that's the funny part. But he's brilliant in this, too, because he says he didn't kill her. She died from this powerful spell she was trying to cast. And there was no one really there to gainsay him. I mean, he what he said could be true. <laughs> it was just, like, he was just surprised when Satu went against him, right? And she said, like, they use exactly the same thing. Like, you kill the witch. Yeah. And that was, and that, like, because they weren't, I don't think her, him and Gerber were expecting that. Right? They have the people that they think they can rely on and control. 
and yeah. they don't. <laughs> he thought she was a puppet, but he yeah. pushed that line way too far. And she hasn't been a puppet since she kind of kind of broke out a little bit last season. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Last season she she left to kind of kind of collect herself and retrain. Well, and this was her first opportunity to screw him over. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and also she she's not too happy that he has the the friendship uh with that vampire, right? Right. Um uh what, what's his name again? Javier. Javier. Yeah, yeah Javier. Because, because it was Javier, wasn't yeah. It, yeah, because wasn't it Javier? That had the witch's head. Had the witch's yeah. head, yeah. yeah. Right, and and she found out about it, and she was the one that put the the witch and freed to, her. To, to, yeah, freed her. So he's she's not too happy with um with Knox anyway, right? And also she's she's kind of an opportunist anyway, right? I mean, she used Knox oh, yeah. to get on the board. Absolutely. You know? I mean, and you know, unless she has one of those Darth Vader changes of personality which i'm i'm praying to god they don't um she's evil i mean she was the one that did all that torturing of diana uh in, was it season one and and so she she's a psychopath herself well she still you know? seemed conflicted even while she was doing that i felt yeah but but either so you know you know once you do something like that there's no you're, going back. you're guilty yeah you're guilty yeah. right <laughs> i mean so but you're right you're right she may as repent and all that but I'm, I'm just hoping they don't go that route unless she goes to jail for you know 40 years or something <laughs> but, uh, because yeah she did kidnapping she did torture she did um all these terrible things it was just terrible um maybe maybe uh diana will, will kill her or spare her uh, have her at a at the end death's door and then maybe she'll I spare you or something, but who knows? We'll find out. Um, I mean, usually how a lot of these things go is that there'll be like a big fight, cul you know, culminating, culminating at the end. That's usually what happens. And it's, you know, because, I mean, I have a feeling that uh, so too is she's kind of, a, I don't know. I think she's, she got, uh, she got knocks out because she, I think she had, she has something in mind. You know, I, she she made it sound like, well, it's just justice. You killed the witch. It's no, she has something else in mind. That and she hated him because he tortured her a yeah. few times and took her down a peg or two. Yeah, that's true. Um. So yeah. So maybe uh. Yeah. So Baldwin, they may be setting him up to look like he's evil or going to be a villain this year, but. Maybe maybe that's not going to be the case at all. Maybe he's just being a bureaucrat. He is definitely a bureaucrat. Whether that's going to hold out or not, it's hard to say. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we'll figure. Yeah, I think things that out of his control, like the the blood rage and all that other stuff, are going to cause him to be forced to make decisions that otherwise um, he wouldn't have to make. Um, but obviously the easy route is they'll just turn him into a villain, but we'll see if that is the case. Well, I think he's just bound too much by his oath to the laws and the rules and to the, the congregation itself. Whereas like with Matthew, Matthew isn't beholden. He, he'll do whatever he wants. Right. Right. Which is in, which doesn't help things at times. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Matthew is, one of those guys that unfortunately does 
Um, uh, well, you know what? Uh, what? What's the word? Rash. He's very rash, and he doesn't impulsive. <laughs> impulsive. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah. And plus, he has the blood rage issue that isn't dormant. In other words, he can. I mean, we saw in the first season where he's told Diana not to tempt him because he was about to go blood rage. So unlike Marcus, who's just a carrier, he actually uh, could go bonkers. Uh, and as, as we've been told, it appears in like the 1800s, he was kind of a mass murderer himself. So, <laughs> and, um, and not to, not to jump ahead too, but even when, you know, they're talking about the, the option of doing the scion and breaking away and doing their own thing. He's so bullheaded about his position, like he's not willing to listen to alternative options. It's, yep. And that's I th- and that's like I think that's a problem with his ego. It definitely <laughs> is. He has some ego for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because the ski on was an interesting thing, and we we, we can talk about that. Um, well, let's well, might as well start that up right now. Uh, who wants to explain what a skion is and why Marcus and everybody and Gallo Glass and everybody else in the family seem to want to do it? Well, it's a scion. Yeah, there a, you go. It's a, it's a scion where the whole, it looks like the whole idea is, is that they will get members of a family, you know, and especially if they're pure or something like like pure blood or what have you, and then they can break off and have and and start kind of a branch of a, essentially make it a new family, but like a branch off the uh, the original family. Now, and so, <clears throat> and I'm trying to remember exactly what his reasoning was. Um, I think it's not it kind of like a divide and conquer type of thing. So, in other words, it's not just you know the the Claremont family, the de Claremont family, and another family. So they might have more of a a, a rep. They might look like, like they're they're a bigger group. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, a colony, right? Like like you know you have a, a country has a colony, and then they grant that colony independence, and it becomes its own entity. Yep, kind of like that. Um, and the reason they want to do this is because they're not agreeing with Baldwin and Baldwin and the rest of the family are seeming to be bumping heads because Baldwin wants to just protect the Claremont family and the, I guess the, the specialty creatures council without uh, causing any issues while the rest of the family is, you know, they're, they're, Witches are marrying demons. Uh, vampires are marrying uh, witches. Um, they're breaking oaths and covenants by, by having, you know, witches under the protection of vampires in, in a vampire territory, which you're not supposed to do, and so on and so forth. So Baldwin is saying this all has to stop, and the other members are saying, no, this shouldn't stop. We, we, maybe we should just spin off and, and create our own family. Um, he also tells them all to leave the declaremont land. Anyone who's not a declaremont, which would be the demons and, 
any non-associate. The only one that could stay would be um, Diana, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And the thing I thought was interesting about that was that includes extended family. So, for example, yeah, um, Diana is married and now is a Claremont based off of Philippe's blessing. So she's now considered part of that family and has full access to the grounds. But her her family, meaning the in-laws of Matthew, are not allowed on, on the property. So it only stops at actual blood and marriage, not in-laws. So, in other words, um, if Teresa... Not Teresa, not Teresa I'll, I'll use her character name. Diana had a sister. Her sister wouldn't be allowed because that's an in-law. That's not married into the Claremont family. Uh, so her aunts have to be booted off as well as um, the people they're protecting, which include the demons and stuff. So um, that obviously doesn't bode well for most of the, the Claremont family because they're worried about the safety of those individuals because they're friends or whatever, you know, I mean, even Marcus's girlfriend, which is human, I'm not even sure if she's allowed on the property. So it's well, the, de- the demon, ba- the demon babies that are witches also, they're going to be at risk now too. The, the right. baby will be at risk. Right, right. But yeah, the thing is, is that Teresa, Diana's um, kids, what, no matter what they are, and Baldwin, I think the problem with Baldwin is, is that he's a rude bastard. If he <laughs> wasn't rude and didn't throw the side remarks, I think he he could get things done or at least get them to see his perspective. But when he says, you know, uh, the ch- the toast at the dinner, he, first of all, doesn't allow the non-declaremonts at the table, which, okay, that's fine. But then after he does the toast and a toast to the the children to come, meaning Diana's two twins that they discover they're having, he then throws a side remark, whether they're, they're witches or vampires or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and that wasn't necessary except to push buttons. And if you're pulling, if you're a, a person in that power and want the respect of everybody that's at that table who is supposed to be your allies, you, you don't want to push buttons. So in other words, that, you know, if you look at a political party, um, and I'll just throw out uh, two fake parties because I don't want to talk politics on the show. But let's say we have the, the the Greens and the Blues, and you're a Green, and you sit at the table, and all the people around you are Greens who are supposed to vote along with you, and you just insult them all. That doesn't that's not helpful because you, if anything, you expect him to insult or her to insult the Blues, not the people of his own party sitting at the table with him, you know, and, and that's what he does. And, and that, that doesn't work too well. It's almost like he's making us, he, that's the reason, one of the reasons why Marcus says, let's, let's make this see on, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, so, and that, that dinner basically, doesn't it end after he makes that toast? <laughs> like, I think I'm done now. Doesn't Matthew leave? You know, uh, I, I think he's, you may be right. Yeah. He said he had his fill. 
Yeah, he had his fill. He was he was leaving. Right, right. So, you know, if anything, what he should have done, meaning Baldwin, especially since he knows his brother uh, Matthew is prone to have outbursts and act irrational. I mean, he's the one that brought him out to hunt deer to feed his blood rage in season one that you would. So he knows that Matthew is a, is a loose cannon. You think he would sit down people individually and talk to them individually instead of just throwing shots out. So my, that makes me question his leadership because he's more of a, I don't want to say divider, even though that's what he's doing, but he, rather, but he's not, he's definitely not someone that is polling well with, with the people that would vote for him if, if he was running for office, put it that way. Well, and I don't think Matthew has respected him for a while. <laughs> yeah. Season, season two um, and late season one. Um, but you know what? That's the problem is that Baldwin, and I think I think it was you that brought it up, uh, Sean, or maybe you, Kevin. Baldwin's still pissed that he was almost executed by the council, and some of that is because of Matthews and Matthews' group of people that made him almost get executed because he was really – wasn't he sticking up for them? Well, he was trying to help them yeah. and trying to play them within the rules, but Matthew keeps pushing and pushing and pushing without any regard for what the actual after effects are of what he's doing. And right. Baldwin's the one who always has to try and clean up the mess and keep some sense of civility. So I think not along with uh, Baldwin's not seeing his dad's change of heart or change of perspective on things – probably centuries of bitterness in a way with dealing with Matthew and knowing that Matthew has contempt for him and doesn't respect him. You know, well, then this is, Oh, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm part. I'm sorry. I, you paused. I thought you were gone, but please finish. No, and I was just going to say that like all of this buildup and when he gets a chance to instigate and bait Matthew, he's going to take it without regard for his own <laughs> plans it seems. Or at least that's how it felt to me. So. Go on, Kevin. Um, I kind of lost what kind of lost. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, it'll come back to me. All right. No worries. No worries. Yeah. So, so Baldwin, um, maybe Baldwin isn't as, um, I guess, uh, level headed, as he appeared to be in early season one, or maybe he just, you know, fell off a cliff and, and had a breaking point when he almost was executed. And uh, that kind of made him say, all right, all right. That's, and now he's become hard edge, you know, that would be my breaking point. <laughs> well, I also remember, I remember what I was going to say is that also um, Baldwin was, he had no idea. That everybody, it seems like everybody knew in the family knew that uh, that Matthew and Diana went back in time. Everybody knew except him, especially in the family. 
And well, he hasn't been home it. for a while. That's partly why they they left. You know, right. but well, it is I mean, 2022, right? And, and, <laughs> they, and they could have called. Yeah, they could have <laughs> called him, right? So go on. Right. I mean, I mean, it's like not only that. I mean, the mother didn't call him. Uh, even the witches knew. Well, um, I think they knew on the council, uh, didn't they, last season? I thought the council knew about it because they were trying to track them down, and then they they went to the past, so the council would have well, known, Knox, which would include Knox him. And, Knox and Jaber knew. Right. But they um, don't share anything with the council. Right. and maybe they have their too. machinations. Right. So... So continue, Kevin. I I I interjected. Oh, oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So yeah. So I I think um that yeah Knox and Jabir knew, but again, that wasn't privy to the council. It was just privy to them intentionally, because they went there to basically. What, why did they? So they, were they gonna? Yeah, they were probably gonna try to kill Diana, right? Or, or capture her or something when when they went there. And that's the reason why they fled. So yeah, so that's that. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that they know their enemies, right? I mean, they they know they, Knox killed the, the 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 aunt, and that's the thing. It, it's it's like a double edged sword, right? Because he killed the aunt, which is a crime with the committee, but it was on property that the aunt and Knox shouldn't have been on in the first place. So it's a double-edged sword, and that's where they have that debate in the council. So let's talk about that that council thing when Knox gets tossed. Um, who wants to set this up? So Agatha, basically the demon... Uh, on the council goes to the council because she wants to get revenge against Knox for what he's doing. And so she's going to bring up about Knox killing uh, Diana's aunt, but Gilbert and Knox jump in with the, the blood rage attacks in London. Right. And so they're trying to distract the council yep. and focus the council on the blood rage issues so that they can head off whatever you know, Agatha's attempting to do. The thing is, is that they didn't expect that Agatha would be able to get the motion up, set up, have Baldwin second it, and then be able to have the votes go against Knox and force him out. Right, because the the surprise vote was Satu, the finish yep. witch. That was yep. supposed to be uh On your side. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be Peter Knox's like uh, assistant almost, or or the one that he was grooming, and she betrays him on the council. And she and she uses the logic of you attacked and killed a witch, and like which you know totally you know mocking him for it, right? Sure. Well, sure. And I would think and, that's a law of the witches that you don't kill other witches. Yeah. Right, but, but no, as we know, that. Knox Knox killed Diana's parents too once, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're pretty sure that it was him uh, back in, I don't know, 19-something or 18-whatever. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some uh, stuff. But even even if Satu is, is evil, and I'm going to say that she still is, and 
made for the rest of the series. She doesn't want to be brought down by someone that, first of all, a guilt by association. Never yeah, mind. Like you, yeah. yeah, go well, ahead. It's like you said about her being an opportunist. She's going right. to take her chance whenever she can to stab whoever she can in the back because it's going to for her own ends. So she's taking something like this this murder of uh, Diana's aunt as a way to you know stab Jaber and Knox in the back but also strengthen her own position, right? Because if right. you didn't know her motives, you would say that she's just tra- trying to support the witches. Which would yep, be right, right. understandable, right? Yep. So she's got a little Machiavellian uh, skills in herself as well. Well, and he's not nice to any witches, so I mean, he kind of no. deserved what he got because he treated her like crap and is just a tool to get Diana, and now it's kind of backfired on him. Right, right. And he has it like Knox has an air of impunity, just like Javert does about so they can just do whatever, yeah, and no one's going to stop them. So to have the vote go against them was a shock because they literally never thought that that would happen. Right, right. That was the first thing I thought though when I saw that she. <laughs> I saw her and I was like, yeah, she's going to vote against him. <laughs> it's going to be the deciding vote, too. Yeah, she's um, uh, what we call was already kind of becoming a loose cannon last season. Yeah, she was completely aligned to him, but then he treated her badly a few times. And she basically got in the hands of that vampire because of him. Everything that happened to her was because of Knox. And some of the questionable things she did, she did on his orders. And I don't think she necessarily felt good about them, you know, being controlled to do that. Not necessarily that she wouldn't do them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, right. It's more different on the terms. If it's her turn to do it, that's one thing. But being forced to do it by someone else. Yep. And then have the results with you know dealing with Shibarian and finding that witch's which witch's head and that you know kind of that uh heresy stuff that like it was almost it's just setting her up to yep. be the foil to Knox and Shibar. Right. Yep. Uh what was your thoughts on Kevin? You, you you didn't you didn't give your thoughts on what you thought of the um, well, part of it was how I describe it is, <clears throat> excuse me, he was, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised when, when she did it. Uh, I mean, when, um, when, uh, when Satu, Satu voted against him, uh, as I said, my, my thought was she was, she's up to something. She has a plan. You know, she's probably going to use this and try to maneuver herself into power. But one thing that somebody said later on was now that Knox is no longer on the council, he has nothing left to lose, which makes him even more dangerous. That was the demon lady that's on the council. Yeah. Said that. yeah she was warning lady. her son and his wife that's right. pregnant with the witch um, that they should run. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, if for when I first heard that, I thought, oh, you know, good, you know, good for them, you know, in your face, Knox. But then 
when they mentioned, yeah, well, now he's got nothing to lose. I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, no, you're right. That, that's kind of, But the thing is, is that, I mean, Knox was still doing whatever he wanted to anyway. So, I mean, he acted like he had nothing to lose when he was, when, even when he was on the council, because he didn't think the council would do any reper, uh, repercussions against him. And so now that he does, and you honestly think that the that if the council summons him, or tries to get him that he's going to comply. I mean, whoever the council sends out, he'll probably, he'll put up a good fight, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people on the council, if someone says, you know, you have to bring in Knox for questioning or for, you know, for essentially arrest him. You know, I'm sure you're going to get a whole lot of people saying, uh, uh, I'm on vacation. Well, um, and he lost this vote, not necessarily every other vote, you know, he, just this particular one, but I mean, he's, he's done. I mean, he can't go on. Right. The, I mean, he can't go on the, on the on the council anymore. No, my point is the council only voted to get rid of him. That doesn't mean his allies on the council are gone. It just oh, means yeah, that, that Satu is like wanted him off the council. That doesn't mean she'd vote against him to be killed or censured further. Right. And and you never know uh, what's his face. Uh, Jabert may still be buddies with him for the usefulness, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and Knox's big goal at, at last season, aside from getting those two after they went back in time, he wanted to get that baby. So I'm really curious what he's going to think when he finds out that Diana has twins coming. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, now, what, what do you think is going to happen, Kevin, with, with with the twins? Oh, well, with the twins. I mean, I remember when um, the when the aunt Sarah was, you know, frustrated with Diana's, just, you know, what are they going to be? You know, but then later on, she apologized. She was just lashing out. She was so irritated. But I mean, she brings up a good question is, are they going to be vampires? Are they going to be witches? Are they going to be vampiric witches? You know, um, and, and I mean, that's just it. I mean, if they are going to be a mixture of both, I mean, can you imagine a vampiric witch? Um, council won't know what to do with them. And if anything, if that was the case, the council may even try to, to have them killed, uh, which you know, and, and that's, and I don't know, I mean, maybe if the council does try that and other member, other people in the, in the communities find out they're going to, you know, you might even get a, uh, at least enough of an uprising of people saying, Hey, wait a minute, you're trying to kill children. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't read the books, so I have no idea what's going to happen. And so it's that's a good question though with the kid with the kids because of course I mean how long is third season gonna last I mean you have seven seven this, episodes seven episodes right okay but I mean and, and even in the time period you know for the seasons I mean is it gonna be just you know like a like a couple months in the in the time frame or is it gonna be a couple years I oh mean, I see what she, you mean yeah is she gonna give birth and then you know like you know it's like you know, 10 years later, you know, or is it going to be, you know, just, it's going to end with the, the twins being 
born and every you know and supposedly the story is resolved i mean i mean you really don't know it's kind of like uh i don't know it's, it's it reminds me a little bit like willow i mean th- this baby was going to be the if you ever seen it there's a prophecy of a baby that'll bring down the rule of an evil witch queen and the baby didn't do anything it's because the witch's desire to kill the baby which brought her down uh it could be something like that yeah, like going on to Kevin's idea, I was feeling like the idea of Star Wars, where it's the twins are bring, to bring balance to the Force. So, like maybe these twins are to, in a way, from in this story or this universe, they're going to bring about the the balance or change to what the status quo is. So maybe it's going to be a situation where they're going to stop the segregation of the different creatures or species. And going to bring about a different perspective or um, approach to the situation where they work more together and become more united together, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a curious thing because is this television show and maybe the books too, though we really can't comment on the books, uh, using demons, witches, and vampires. And I think we mentioned this in last season we were doing a podcast is it basically just a um their replacements for nation states and ethnicities or races or religions in in the real world right um and this is the like it's almost like a commentary on those things in the real world but rather than um have have that as a, as a show, they, they, they're, or a book, you know, Deborah Harkness's uh, novels, maybe, maybe they're based off of um, using witches, demons, and vampires as replacements for various races or religions or nations. And her commentary on those things uh, in the real world without actually using real world examples. Well, I could I could certainly see that in the aspect of how the younger generation seems to be the ones that are much like they're they don't see the division that mm-hmm. the older the older uh, members and different uh, people do, right. and that they're much more willing to to work together and much more willing to like look past what has been ensconced as the way it is for those before them, which is just like any generation, right? That that will. They they will always look to change whatever has come before them. It's just mm-hmm. that's just the evolution of things, and where it's sure, like the sure. older generation isn't isn't able to adapt or not willing to adapt to the the fact that like I think Marcus has said it you know the world's changed, and that was a thing that Baldwin didn't want to acknowledge right when they sure. were arguing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Because um, some real life examples um, that I know of, uh, like, for example, um, you know, you could have um, an Irish family and then they, uh, uh, their daughter falls in love with an Italian guy. And that was a problem back, you know, 80 years ago in, in the Boston area. Like, what do you mean you're, you're marrying an Italian or you like an Italian guy? At least he's Catholic. Thank God. Holy <laughs> mother, you know, all that. And it's like, but but why an Italian? Couldn't you find a good Irishman? You know, and all that. Um, you know, so. Me that, episode. 
<laughs> What's that again? It reminds me of a MASH episode. Okay, yeah, I, I, did, I uh, was, I'm not familiar with MASH, except I knew it was a big show back in the day. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, that's an example right there. Um, you know, I know, um, you know, that stuff happens all the time. And so that's kind of what this is, this show is kind of making commentary on, but they're showing witches and demons or vampires and witches, you know, married and having kids and all this other stuff. So it's, it's uh kind of fits in a series of, of things that have happened uh, for a hundred years, you know, I mean, now it's even, it's a little different, but it's still the same idea. Um, so let's talk about some of the other stuff that we haven't mentioned. Um, and uh, first off, Gallo glass appears. Yay. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting Gallo glass appearing because he says it's been hundreds of years since he last saw Diana. Well, he says, but I know for you, Diana, it's been only a couple of days, you know, which is, which is true. Um, because she just left the 1590 and where Galgas was and she's now back. So when he appears, it's like, she just saw him yesterday, but for him, he hadn't seen her since 1590 because it's that version of him. Um, so that was interesting. And then we have the whole DNA thing at the end that, and then we also have the, the blood rage investigation, uh, that's going on that, um, Dominic, Dominique, Dominico, Dominico. How do you suppose to say his name? Uh, Domenico. He's doing the, yeah, he's doing the, yeah, Domenico. Is that, is that how you pronounce his name? Domenico. Yeah. So Domenico. I'm sure that's how they pronounce it. Yeah. Domenico. Yeah, and so he, and him and, and and the deal with the Blood Rage vampire. Um, so there's that. So there's a couple of topics we can talk about, which is – yeah, go on, Kevin. I mean, uh, Sean. So the only thing I was going to do was it's a, it's a short sequence, but I thought it was actually really powerful, and I was like one of my favorite parts of the, the episode was when Fernando is talking with Sarah about grief. And they're each talking about the different loss. And he's talking about how when he lost uh, his partner, Hugh, who was Matthew's brother, right? Yep. Um, his loss wasn't accepted. Right. His yep. grief wasn't accepted. And he's talking to Sarah about how lucky that she is, is that they do accept her loss. And like, she's accepted. And then she has the response, well, hopefully you will be, your grief will be accepted as well. I just thought it was such a great scene between, you know, the characters and just addressing how grief is for people and different people and just, you know, um, how it can affect you. So I thought it was just really great. So I agree. That was a really, really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? People that goes back to uh, what I was talking about earlier, which is, you know, you, you had that. So the, the Irish, the fictional Irish family, you marry that Italian guy, you're <laughs> disowned from this family. We don't like you anymore. We don't recognize the marriage, you know. So it's kind of, sort of like that. Um, and and so yeah. So when 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 you don't have the emotional support from the the family that you don't choose, then you know that that's pretty tough. And so it was a uh, interesting scene about loss as well as acceptance 
so that, that was a good point to bring that scene up. Um, all right, so let's go to, uh, I guess, oh yeah, you know what? There was another thing too that was brought up too. There's the, there, there's another scene of importance. So, so there's the DNA scene, there's the blood rage scene with Domenico and what's going on there. And then there's the scene where uh, Baldwin brings up his, the, the, the Israel or Palestine uh, thing where the, they were trying to make a homeland and they get betrayed by a human who Matthew turns into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, and and his name, uh, I forget. The He's name. the one that Diana met, right in the castle. That's Benjamin, it, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Is his so. son? Uh, yeah, Bernie, wasn't there something? Like that? Yeah, I, I think it was Benjamin. Well, I mean, well, yeah, was, I'm sure. Yeah, Fuchs or something, or. Yeah, ben, Benjamin Fuchs. That's right, exactly. Yeah, so we can talk about those three scenes. Um, so which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, Blood rage stuff with. Dominico, the Benjamin Fuchs, interesting point that obviously is going to play a role this season, or uh, the DNA thing next. Well, I think it was good with the how Baldwin reveals the stuff that Matthew hasn't been talking about, and then forces Matthew to explain the situation with Benjamin, right? And just right. Like how he had he had basically abandoned him, and just hoped that he would die from the the blood rage sooner or later uh, or be killed. And that's kind of the thing I think that Baldwin's, you know, one of the things Baldwin is using against him. And it kind of gives you an explanation when later at the end of the episode, when they show Benjamin, you know, after another kill, just, you know, being, he doesn't look like someone you can deal with. Like any, like he's, He's. I think he's just mad. Right. So, so t- technically, Benjamin. That's an interesting aspect you brought up, which is Benjamin Fuchs and his punishment by Matthew. Um, is related to the blood rage violence that's occurring in is it London? Yeah. Right. Because it's revealed at the end that Benjamin Fuchs is the murderer. Yeah, and he yeah. leaves that room, and then he walks by the uh, the mirror. The ma- he has a maid the too. Mirror. The maid, and he's he oh yeah, he, like, all, acts very nice and polite, and then when she finds goes into the room and starts screaming, you see that smirk on his face of like he's proud of what he's done, right? Right. Yeah, because he, he's a psychopath too, um, but he was a created psych. Well, no, he was probably a bad guy before, right? Because he betrayed the the vampires um so yeah basically what it is is uh he was a guy that lived in the middle east supposedly is my guess and was helping the vampires to to create and the demons and witches to create some sort of homeland where they could live uh freely without worrying about humans but they had to tell some humans because they needed the humans to as go-betweens and one of them was this Benjamin Fuchs, who um, basically betrays the vampires. And so Fuchs, 
Yeah, so actually, actually, he may have been a European because that's where you know from 1590, and he was helping them move to the, the Israel or whatever, and or Palestine if you prefer. And what happens is um, he betrays them, and so Matthew turns him into a vampire, hoping to make him have blood rage, and then, like you say, be abandoned and die and whatever. And of course, as we find out, it looks like he survived um, 400 and and 30 years later into the modern era. Um, and he's now on a rampage and he's probably the guy that took the, the two pendants from the, the museum too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Cause that's so, when Domenico mentions that to Baldwin, right? When he's giving him the proof on all the, the information showing about the blood rage murders. He yeah, talks exactly. about how their portrait was the one, the only thing that was stolen. Right, exactly. So that kind of, um, so I, I don't know what any of that means. Um, and, and what is the issue with the blood rage for Baldwin? Is it because he's worried that anybody with the blood rage, it's only the Claremont family member? Or is he just... Because why you know because your beer it doesn't really seem to to care that much and Domenico I mean the only reason Jabir cares is because he's trying to link it to the Claremont family to destroy them and Domenico is a vampire but he doesn't have the disease so why does he care and then well, he's buying for power too right yeah that's what I'm thinking so maybe so he's hoping. Hoping yeah, Jabir uh, Paris, and right? yeah, yeah, it, exactly. They're essentially uh, to use a, a a recent saying is uh, don't look at don't let a tragedy go to waste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. Very much. I mean, they don't yeah. care about. I mean, it's obvious they don't care about the humans. They're just more of they're trying to faint. They're trying to say one, we don't we don't want this to expose us, and and but mostly we're going to use this to. We're going to use the death of these poor humans. Who cares? But we're going to death to use these poor humans uh, to to essentially further our goals. And you know, they're yeah, it's they're they're using it as a they're using it for their own for their own gain. They really don't care about the the humans dying. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, anything more we have to talk about? Uh, the blood rage murders in London or Matthew turning Benjamin Fuchs into a vampire. I mean, that was brought up just to kind of throw Matthew under the bus and question, look, he's not all you think he is to Diana and the various other members of the Claremont family. Um, anything else that we want to say, or should we go into the DNA stuff or any other parts of this episode that we want to bring up? I have to admit, I'm kind of surprised with Diana because she's sitting there and she's learning all of this stuff about her husband, even before she married him, like how he killed people and how he was a torturer and he kills people today, you know, modern time, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then she learns about, oh, yeah, he got really upset with somebody, turned him into a vampire, left him out in the middle of the desert to die. And yeah, I don't know. I, that would kind of make me start to wonder am i married to the right guy 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair point, Kevin. Uh, I mean, all right, you know she knows him. I mean, honestly, how long does she really know him? But the, it seems for a decent amount now because the the show and you know go fast forwards a bit. But the thing is, is that yeah, once you learn all these terrible things, it's like yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't wash those crimes away, you know. I mean. Uh, yes, but I don't know. Well, I mean, trying. at the same time, though, you also have Matthew. See, the thing is, two things with him is, with Matthew is one, like with, um, was it Benjamin or, you know, Fuchs Benjamin or whatever, you could tell he's just, you know, it's something I really regret. I mean, he's, he's not the same, I mean, he's not the same Matthew that, was way in the past you know he's not the same guy i mean he's changed you know he um you know he regretted doing that he regretted the tortures that he had to do for elizabeth he regretted all sorts of things that he had to do in the past and he's really trying and and it's it seems to me obvious that what he's trying to do is he's trying to put all that behind him and really start if you will, a fresh or a new with Diana and be maybe some, be the man that he would rather, or a, a more honorable man, you know, and be, a, a, you know, the guy that he would rather be rather than some guy that really doesn't mind torturing people or being vindictive. Yeah, I would concur. I mean, obviously, um, it's, you know, the, whether it's a movie or a TV show, we've seen plenty of people or characters that do so hor- many horrible, horrible things. Um, and then they are, you know, it's, it's forgiven, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. They're you know, just by value of the fact that they've changed sides. Yeah, exactly. Or they have honestly decided not to be bad anymore. And, yeah, of course, you know, it's overlooked that, yeah, but there's still punishment and there's still taint. But since they're fictional characters, it doesn't matter. Well, one of my favorites was uh, Melrose Place. There was a, a doctor, a character that played a doctor uh, in one season. And he tried to kill a character by, you know, medical malfeasance with, with like adding drugs to and trying to kill them. And the character was so well liked that they turned him into a good guy and he lasted until the show ended. And I forget the, the name of the character or the actor, but <laughs> anybody who's familiar with that show will, will know who I'm talking about. Um, and I always thought that was weird, you know, because it's almost like they're ignoring the fact that he was, he did attempted murder, you know, hey, and then, hey. yeah. And so again, this is, you know, a TV show. So, you know, a vampire, you know, it is what it is. But you could also have the aspect, too, of people in love and how they will blind themselves to seeing things that otherwise would be red flags. And you can get so deep into that that you miss a lot of the red flags that you would otherwise see or that you don't want to acknowledge because then it makes you have much more difficult questions to deal with. So I think that could be an aspect, too, for Diana. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I remember watching the movie The Town. And uh, the character, the woman lead in that movie, uh, fell in love with Ben Affleck's character, and he was a a bank robber and had a massive gunfight outside of Fenway Park. And she 
was left all the money at the end and she she kept it and, and it was, the whole thing was just weird because it's like he's a crook and you're in love and you're stealing the money now and whatever but the point is is that you know it is what it is and then we've seen it in, in various other shows and movies as well um where someone like like in goodfellas you know when they arrest um the uh, uh ray Liotta's wife and they said don't deny it we've listened to your the fbi saying don't deny that you don't know anything we we know you know, you were living it up. You were wondering where your money was coming from. But we heard the phone calls. We had your phones tapped. You know, we're offering you a deal. So that's that's a fair point. Um, sometimes, you know, you just overlook things for various reasons. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Well, the, he is changed by the time she meets him. And he becomes more oh, yeah. changed while they're together. So, you know, hearing about him massacring people back in the 1600s is not the same as if he had done it like, you know, a couple of years ago. And that was news. And she could look at that like realistically and see it for what it is. You know what I mean? It's a little easier right. to massage your your uh, conscience when you know, oh, that was a thousand years ago. I didn't know those people. It's also interesting because during the during Emily's funeral, um, the matriarch. Uh, De Claremont didn't attend the funeral and she explained this and given my history with witches I didn't think it was a pro I I didn't think it was appropriate for me to, to attend the funeral I thought that because was a great line a too yeah 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 I mean it's one of those you could tell she wanted to go she wanted to pay her respects you know but she said with my history maybe it's just not a good idea and, and which character said that again? Uh, the the matriarch de Claremont. Okay, Phil, Philippe's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, yeah, Philippe's wife. Matthew's uh, mother. Mother. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was Isabel. Philippe that I. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's 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 fair. I mean, I mean, that's how you can rationalize it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I still makes sense though to question it it's like holy smokes yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like hey I, i'm with pol pot now you know it's a thousand years later but uh he's okay now right <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i was just hoping that he would die in the desert and go insane <laughs> with blood rage that's okay. all <laughs> it is kind of funny but again you know it's it, that's how a lot of movies and tv is i mean darth vader i remember that that movie i, I was like a year later i was thinking it over i go he said he blew up alderaan it destroyed a planet of six billion people and and now he's like a, a good guy and it's like what no, no, you have to put him on trial and, and put him in jail forever. Grand Moff Tech, Tarkin. Yeah, it was Grand Moff Tarkin. Well, that's <laughs> true. He was that's... just an underling, kind of, or a side, you know, co-equal. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. You know, hey, ask ask the the guilty Nazis at the Nuremberg trial if if it mattered, because a lot of them were yeah, all exactly. executed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're still being tracked down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. It's it's fiction. Um, all right. So let's talk about the DNA stuff. Who wants to set this up? This is an interesting scene, um, and, and whatnot. 
Who wants to set it up? Well, they go to meet a friend of Diana's. I cannot, for the life of me, remember his name. Um, that has his own lab. And he's really skeptical <laughs> until she does some magic stuff. <laughs> and then he's, like, totally on board. He's, she's trying to get him to look at the DNA and get his, his name's help. Chris. His name's Chris. I just Chris, okay, him. yeah. So he was really skeptical until she shows her magic, and then he's all on board. And they're basically looking at the DNA to see if they can find a cure for blood rage, right? Yeah. Right. Now, I don't... I don't I thought I thought out of all the things I saw in this episode, which is vampires, demons, magic, blood, thirst, all this other stuff. The thing that I felt was the most unrealistic for me to, to take away my um, uh, suspension of disbelief was the chance that a scientist would be able to cure or, or fix a DNA or virus type thing like like with no issue if anything this is going to take like 40 years if not i mean they can't even cure cancer or aids or or covid so it's like how are they going to cure um something like this i i don't i don't well, see it happening you were also i think they were also trying to figure out what was going on i think the guy's name yeah. is will you know and he, uh, chris, I mean, after, chris. Yeah, well i mean it's on imdb he's just listed as will all right. Oh, because, see, because I'm looking here uh, under the uh, Discovery Witches season three, it says Diana takes them to meet her old friend Chris, revealing the existence of creatures to him and asking for his help. So, well, okay, maybe Wolf is his last name, but anyway, the the whole point is I'll take they're looking at they're looking at the blood, and he, he's essentially. It sounds like they're maybe not a cure, but at least looking for the cause and then if they find out the cause then maybe they can, they can figure breed out it out sure. maybe they can breed it out maybe it's you know depending on what it is they can get rid of it by you yeah. know only mating certain ways or whatever yeah yeah i mean they're gonna obviously probably figure it out before the series ends but if if this was quote-unquote real life it would be uh, decades, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if Although, ever, I have ever. to be to say, I'm, I am surprised how fast this mRNA stuff for COVID came out. So I think with the right input and the right money, they could possibly find out fairly quickly at least what's causing it. Um, and I don't know. They have unlimited time, really, the vampires do. <laughs> so. Right. Right. For them, it doesn't matter if it's a thousand years, right? If they can get rid of it eventually, they don't want humans to know about them. So that's the immediate problem. But they could just kill the person doing that. The also, also, the problem too is that Chris or, or whatever his name is says his name's Christopher Roberts uh, on Wiki, but whatever his name is, the, Diana's friend, he's going to have to work alone, or he's going to have to forge everything if he's going to ask for help, right? Because or or they're going to have to let other people in on the secret. But you got to remember, he's already got two people that are lab ready. So Marcus and the yeah. woman, they oh, were yeah. both working in their own lab already. So that's three people you've got that could work on it. Yeah. So Marcus could do it with them as well as um, uh, the woman. What's her name? Uh, oh, geez, I can't remember her name. Too many names. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a lot of characters in the show. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh oh, uh, Miriam. Miriam. Miriam, yeah. Yeah. And then um there's also uh Matthew himself, right? Yeah, I mean he has experience with it as well, yeah. Yeah, so he, he could he could work on it as well. Um of course yeah, so, they have other duties too that I said duties that they have to work on. So, you know, Marcus is trying to get this whole group together, this side group. I mean, they're it's not like they're not gonna be attacked as well. So True. There are lots of things that could happen. Yeah, so 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 the main thing is or the or the easiest thing is is to not worry about it and, and just say that it's suspension of disbelief with the show, right? Where where it's going to be a plot point that's going to be wrapped up probably yeah by the end of the season um i will say that i did like the his response where he's like skeptical when they're first talking and when she does the little magic trick with the water and he's like you can just he's like his shift is like oh i'm i'm on board like just the, yeah. and like then he no asked question. how she did it like in a scientific <laughs> way he wanted to know what exactly she was doing it was kind of cool yeah it was kind of cool um it was uh definitely um a shock to him that's for sure and i think it would be a shock to anybody for sure but um he took it pretty well yeah he took and it pretty well i think well. a scientist like him probably would you know they would just they'd become not everyone, but they would become more curious and they'd really want to know more about it. And Hey, I investigate DNA. I want yours too. I want to look at all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that everybody thinks scientists are based only on science and facts, but you got to remember a lot of people that become scientists are also the ones that believe in um, supernatural stuff too, you know? Yeah. You know, so that, that because they're interested in certain things, and then there's also um, people that are into um, uh, what's it? What's that? Uh, physics, quantum, quantum physics. You know, which which are things that are out of the norm as well. So things you can't see, and you yeah still, yeah. There's even that even stuff too. if yeah. we've created devices that can see it, we can't really confirm its existence except through theory and that is you know some people would say it's based on faith <laughs> so right, it's like the right. magic of yesterday is the science of today right yep yeah yeah like like how can an antenna pick up something there's nothing up there what are you talking about you know and, and there's you know waves and the stuff that we can't see and and, and whatever so it's you know and, and then the bits you know zeros and ones and you know on and on so a lot of things that are very difficult to explain to people who use them every day. Never mind someone uh, from, say, 1850 who didn't even know what, what a telephone was. You know, so well, and and to see the how scientists embracing the idea of the multiverse now, right? Like in, within yeah. our lifetime, we've seen the shift of science accepting that that is a possibility. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of uh, crazy stuff. I hate to think there's a million me's out there. <laughs> <laughs> poor, 
Hopefully have, they're having some better luck than some of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So, so, you know, there's one version of you that's married that girl that you dated when you were 24. And it's like, oh, wow. Or, you know, and there's another version of you that, that went to a different university or, or became a something, you know, or whatever. So or became that's... a criminal and went to prison or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, possibilities. Yeah. The Sean that won the lottery in the ultimate dimension, feel free to swap places with me anytime. Just saying. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that was the main thing at the end of uh this episode here, which was it was the DNA thing, uh, to try to cure the, the the blood rage um and stuff. This episode went really quickly for me. I was like, Yeah, what? <laughs> it's over? What the hell? Well, I mean I mean the funny part is is that they, I mean, it took me, uh, it took me a few seconds to realize. Oh, and at the end, oh, this is, I'm, this is the end of the episode, and we're looking yeah. at next week now. <laughs> you know, it was. Wait a minute, when did we get the the next week on? Because I mean, it was like it was just the end of one scene, the beginning of another one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like kind of, right. and you know, and then we see, um, you know, because like as the guy, you know, as uh, 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 Fuchs. Benjamin leaves, you know, it's like, okay, fine. And I mean, I figured that was probably the, the best place to end for season one. So, I mean, it, that's why it didn't take me too long to figure out, Oh, okay. This is next week on, but then we see the, um, the, the, the priest back. Uh, blah, 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 and he's, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he has someone for her. He's been holding on to something. Yeah. The Episcopal <laughs> priest, the Episcopal guy uh, that I kept on thinking was like a bishop or priest or something. I'm assuming he is the kid. Yeah, what the hell was, was his, What was his name? Uh, Hubbard. Hubbard. Hubbard, thank you. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Father exactly. Hubbard. Yeah. Father exactly. Hubbard. And he probably has, let's say, I'm trying to see if I can A find the kid. A little kid that they were taking care of. I like to call him Thief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little Thief. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, actually, Deborah Harkness answered that question for me. She, she has, like, she's very. Uh, prominent on Facebook and and stuff, and she has like chats, live chats. And I asked that question. I go, was he a Episcopal or a Catholic? And I forget what she said, but it was very vague. <laughs> yeah, I forget. Anyway, maybe we'll be able to ask her that when, uh, if 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 I should say, we we could get her on uh, as a uh, extra episode for the podcast. Um. Let's see. Anything else we want to discuss uh, about episode one, season three of Discovery Witches television show? I just said it was a solid start to season three. You hit the ground running pretty much. So it was it did everything it, was, yeah. it needed to do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it had, had a, a big reveal at the end with Fuchs. Um, so, so that was interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the, the trailer came, comes on right right away and uh, showed Hubbard and a bunch of other stuff. So you, you, one one thing about this show's trailer is, is um, it's uh, similar to the old TV shows from the good old days where they go, they say, coming next week. And then they, they, they bring it up and, and then they show stuff. It's like, oh, that's exciting. Oh, my Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Hubbard's back. You know, and all this other stuff. So, um <laughs> So that's what what it does, um, and whatnot. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, anything else that anybody want to bring up or discuss uh, about 
what they think is going to happen or anything. Anyone? Anyone? All right. At this time, we will be reading. Uh, actually, we'll probably read the emails even uh, before we discuss. But uh, we didn't get any emails this week because people didn't know we were coming back. I didn't even get a chance to do my little uh, five-minute intro saying, we're coming back, you know, so a feed, something would pop back in their feeds. Uh, yeah, so, your advertisement trying to get clicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, a, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> well, well played there, well played, Barrett. Um, all right, so basically, uh, hopefully this episode will be released Monday, January 10th, 2022, and that all depends on uh, my COVID health, um, because if I go back to like yesterday or even earlier this afternoon, uh, I will probably be in bed. But uh, if not, um, I'll hopefully have this out on Monday, the 10th of January, 2022. And we're hoping to get episodes out either Monday or Tuesday of each week. Uh, basically, the episodes of the show appear at least in the States, to be released on Saturdays. We record on Sundays, and the episode will either be out anywhere between Monday or Tuesday, and some occasionally Wednesday, depending on holidays and, and time and whatnot. So uh, we're trying to get them out real quick. Um, so next week's uh, episode is uh, being released on networks on January 15th. And we should be recording on the 16th and start looking on the 17th, 18th, 19th for the episode. The episodes will appear two places. Uh, actually, they'll appear anywhere podcasts are found, but they will appear in two feeds. They will appear in uh, a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires, the podcast feed. Uh, and note that demons is spelled D-E-M-O-N-S, not the, the way that I think it is in the book with uh, A, D-A-E. So uh, just yeah. a heads up. And then the other thing is, is it'll be also appear on the Dark Discussions podcast feed, uh, which is the, the main podcast of the network. And uh, we toss those episodes on that feed as well. Uh, you can also listen to us on the various other podcasts on the network. Uh, the podcasts are all listed on uh darkdiscussions.com and all the episodes you'll be able to find on darkdiscussions.com as well so you can play them right off uh, the website uh, and you can also email us once again at darkdiscussions at aol.com or uh, email us through darkdiscussions.com and press contact us in the menu and send the email that way as well um so uh, let me just ask you, uh, Sean, since uh, you're new uh, and you just binged the entire uh, first two seasons, um, what's your opinion of the show in general? Uh, are you glad that you you watch the show? Is it yeah, something no, that you would I, generally watch? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that it, uh, you guys invited me and gave me a chance to join you. Uh, I was really happy to see, for instance, uh, James Purefoy. Uh, show yeah. up in season two because I I've loved his work since Rome, me and too, in, and the first Resident Evil movie. So anytime I get to see him in something, I'm always happy. So oh, he's a great villain in the following as well. So yeah, I so feel like we're related, John. <laughs> <laughs> cool cousin. <laughs> uh, let me ask um, you this uh, because even uh, uh, Julie Hugh uh, or Ho of um 
that works for Deborah Harkness mentioned that she, you know there's not any podcasts or many podcasts at all that uh, have men doing episodes on the show. Uh, what's your feeling of um, it being marketed to someone like yourself versus say um, you know if you had a sis- your sister for example? Well, I think it was interesting because when I was reading some of the articles talking about the series, they were talking about the idea that it's like um, a mashup of Harry Potter and Twilight, or so I can see aspects of that in the series. Um, I just think it's it's versatile enough that it allows that it's not just targeted to one group or one niche, so I like that. And... I will say, like, when I watched the first season, it started a little bit slow, but then, like, really captured me and, you know, burned, you know, burned through the two seasons and excited to see how, where season three goes. So I think, uh, at, least, at least for me, I found it was um, the closest I could sort of look at it would be almost in the same idea of, like, a Buffy or Angel series where you could have, like, a tweeny aspect to it. But as an adult or whatever, you could still appreciate the the, the stories and stuff. So I think that's where I kind of like, would, if you're going to put it in a little box or anything, that's kind of where I would put it. So, oh. All right. Sounds good. Uh, fair enough. Since uh, you, you hadn't been on our prior podcast, just wanted to have you fill in our audience, your opinion all in all. Um, so let's give our final thoughts on this episode here. So let's start with you, Barrett. I really liked this episode. I thought it was a good opener for what's going to come. Kind of sad that it's only going to be seven episodes long, but I really hope they can match what they did in the last two seasons. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. All right. Sounds good. Kevin, what do you got? Happy to be back. Glad the show's uh, back on. Uh, Really looking forward to this season. And it started off really well. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it was it was good uh, first season. Um, uh, Teresa Palma and Ma- Matthew Good were, were great. Uh, actually, everybody was great. Um, I'm enjoying uh, some of the the thriller aspects, uh, or or I should say, detective aspects of the show, uh, and the machinations of where they're going with uh, where some of the characters are going. What what peter knox is gonna do now uh so yeah it's a good start to season three uh let's go with you sean fox uh enjoying the cast i also absolutely love the different locations and locales that they choose where they film i think i just love them so i'm really excited to see exactly where we're gonna go in this ride for season three and i also really like how they address and play with the the aspects of magic as opposed to like how other series have done it so I like the presentation yep. for sure. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think my favorite line of the entire episode and possibly the entire season uh, series was um, when uh, Diana's friend, uh, the scientist, says, oh, so you married an Englishman. And he, and he had to correct him and goes, he goes, no, I'm French. That yeah, was that was. That was the best. The, the yeah. Best. <laughs> fantastic good stuff good stuff all right so uh once again uh, thank you for joining us we'll be back uh, next week uh again email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com or press the contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com and we will read your emails on the podcast and uh hopefully uh we'll be 
uh, and timely uh, releases. Again, COVID be damned. And with all that stated, Bart, why don't you leave us out? Thanks again for joining us on a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires. We hope you join us again next week. Bye.